0: I speak to you this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today, we celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany. Uh, The word epiphany means uh, new revelation, a new understanding, a new having something given to us that was there all along, but that we didn't recognize. The whole wise man from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star on a rose, and have come to worship him. And then Herod says, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I may come and worship him. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures... They offer him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So uh, the, the best way I have heard it described, uh, an epiphany is literally like going into a dark room and having a dark room and having light clicked on. Uh, actually, our lesson from Ephesians says the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light. For everyone, what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages, in God who created all things. So it's to bring light to something that's already there. We can't see until the light is turned on. Uh, this past week, Jenny reigns our communications director, was here at church and had her toddler son, Uh, Gray with her and Gray was strapped in the car seat in the back and Jean came and grabbed something in the office and I walked her out and I was kind of flirting with Gray in the back of the car and uh, I tickled him and he laughed and I teased him and he laughed and then all of a sudden about round three he was done with me. (laughs) And so what he did is what kids do when they're done with you, he promptly covered his own eyes so I couldn't see anymore. (laughs) You know, uh, when the light goes out, and you can't see what's there. And he covered his eyes, and I played along, and I said, Jenny. She said, what? I said, Gray just disappeared. And he giggled, and we went on our way. But but, but, the light just brings to the fact that which is already there. And, and that's what Tiffany is about. God bringing light to the fact that Jesus has always been there. To look at this morning for just a few minutes is the wise men, and there are three things that the wise men did, and I think they are good models for us about what to do. They teach us about who we are as God's children and about who God is as well. Uh, The first thing is that the wise men sought Jesus, they were looking. For him, they were going in search of him. The second thing is that the wise men worshiped Jesus. When they came into the house, they saw the child and they fell down and worshiped him. And the third thing is they opened their treasures and they offered him gifts. So they were seeking, they were worshiping, and they were giving. So those three things that they did, seeking, worshiping, and giving. The first is seeking. Seeking. Uh, I would put forth, brothers and sisters, that each and every one of us in this room, everyone you know, is seeking something all day, every day. Some days we're seeking the good, some days we're seeking the not so good. If we're honest, lots of days we're just seeking to keep our head above the water, just to get the children fed and the bills paid. And the laundry from taking over our lives. There's a story of John Wesley's wife. John Wesley was an Anglican priest who was sort of the founder of a theology that would later become the Methodist Church. And he and his wife had some large number of young children, six, eight, ten. And the story of John Wesley's wife was that from time to time, a couple of times, during the day, she would literally lift up her dress and put it over her head to hide from her children. <laughs> and the rule was if you were one of the children, if you messed the bomb and the dress was over the head, punishment was swift and severe, and they just left her alone. She was just seeking a moment, you know, as a mother of eight or ten kids. We were all travel for weeks or months to get there. One of the things I would like to put forth is that this season of Christmas slash Epiphany is ultimately not about us seeking God, but it's about Christ seeking us. God comes into the world and puts on flesh as Jesus. He reveals himself to the wise men and reveals himself to us because he's seeking us. Thanks be to God, He is coming after you and me to rescue us, to bring us back into wholeness and into relationship with Him. So, seeking. Uh, number two is worshiping. Uh, worship, the word worship, uh, literally means ascribing worth to something else. If we're saying that you are worthy of our praise, you're worthy of our admiration, you're worthy of our thanks, you're worthy. And so when we gather here in this room to worship, what we're doing is saying, God, you are worthy of us being here, you are worthy of us doing this. Uh, There are two phrases that we use in Anglicanism and in the church that are helpful with it, and they come from Greek words. But those words are orthodoxy and orthopraxis. And what they literally mean, ortho means right or correct. And orthodoxy literally means correct doctrine, right doctrine, what we believe and that it is right. The reason we say the Nicene Creed or the Apostles' Creed every Sunday in church is it is a statement of our doctrine. It's a statement of what we believe about who God is who the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are, and who we are in relationship to them. Orthodoxy, right doctrine. But we also believe that there is orthopraxis, right practice, correct, a correct way to do things, a correct way to live our lives, and a correct way to worship God. Now that isn't narrow, just in the sense of... of Sort of St. John's Church in Florence. There's a wide berth in that, but I guess the best two examples I can give you of that are um, our daughter Maddie is a senior in college and she goes to two Bible studies. She leads a Bible study. She's part of a, a university fellowship and she is actively practicing her faith in church, but she hasn't found a Sunday morning church. Now, Part of her not finding a Sunday morning church is because Saturday nights in college are still Saturday nights in college. <laughs> and so I'm not foolish enough to believe that that, 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 that orthopraxy is the only thing going on. There's some other practices or praxy, uh, fraterna that are going on. <laughs> but Didn't confess our sins and, and we weren't absolved of our sins. We didn't have communion. No scripture was read, like big pieces of scripture, like we just heard. You know, maybe the preacher talks about one or two verses and brings other stuff in. And she says, Yeah, it's fun and it's great, but I leave Star. I don't feel like I've been to church or the practice. There's a right way to do this. We were built by God to worship Him in a specific way. Uh, yesterday, uh, we sent on to the Lord our friend, Murray Garber. And uh, I was over at the graveside in Williston, South Carolina. The, the funeral was here at 11, and the burial was at 330 over in suburban Elka. if you're not familiar with it, Elka, near Aiken. But, um, but, but Frankie came up to me, and she said, you know, I had 20 people come up to me after the funeral and say how great the service was, how lovely the service was, and uh, I don't think it's because St. John's is beautiful, though it is. I don't think it's because I did a particularly good job. It's because we do, I believe, worship right, orthopraxy, and people notice that. You know, people constantly come up to me after weddings and funerals and say, man, you did such a great job, and the smart aleck part of me has to close my mouth and, and just resist her to say, well, I just read out the book. You know, I've been reading out loud since third grade. It's, it's not common science. but we believe that there is correct practice. That we worship God. We cry for Him. And finally, the third thing is giving. So, seeking, worshiping, and giving. Uh, I would like to put forth that our giving is an act of faith, and our giving reflects our doctrine and is our practice. It reflects what we believe. What we believe dictates what we do. Um, we're in uh, the, the part of our stewardship campaign where we're working on budget, and if you haven't filled out your pledge card yet, we need you to do that. I'm going to talk more about that during the announcements. But our giving, not just of our money, but our giving of our time and our talents, our energy to God and to the work of his mission in the church is important. And it is one of the signs of our spiritual health and a sign of our spiritual maturity. God calls us to give. And I think it's interesting that the wise men, if you look with me at uh, verse 11 uh, from our gospel lesson, it says, going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. And then it says, and I think this is important, then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And if I look at myself, far too often, I don't give God out of my treasure. I give God out of what's left over. Me. It's the last check you write instead of the first check you write. And and and, and that's not necessarily a sign of spiritual maturity or spiritual health. On my part, so I was convicted by that. We're called to give not out of duty. We're not called to give out of fear. We're not called to give out of guilt. We're called to give with hearts of thankfulness. We give as a result of truly believing that we don't act like it all the time. I don't act like it all the time. That everything we have, everything that we are, comes from God. Our health, our families, our jobs children, our grandchildren, our very lives are all gifts from God. He gives us everything. Now, during this season of Christmas slash Epiphany, uh, we have right in front of us the greatest gift ever that God has given us, the gift of His only Son, to for us on the cross. So seeking, worshiping, and giving. Brothers and sisters, we are moved to seek the Lord by the Holy Spirit because God first sought us. He came after us first. And we are moved to worship because of who Jesus Christ is, ascribing worth and honor and glory to Him. And we are moved to give in thanksgiving for all that God has given us. So... Uh, Y'all heard me say this a hundred times preaching, uh, where God steps on my toes with the lessons and gets a little too close and makes me uncomfortable. Occasionally where he steps on my toes, I feel like, okay, I'll go ahead and step on y'all's toes. And so these lessons step on my toes, but just three questions for us, because we're all doing it, but just three questions for us as we close today. Uh, Everybody's seeking something. What is it that you are seeking and I am seeking? Everybody is worshiping something. Now, what is it that you and I are worshiping? More often than I care to admit, I'm worshiping what's best for Ken. Well, in the moment. And everybody is giving to something. Everybody's seeking. Everybody's worshiping. Everybody is giving. What or who are we seeking? What or who Are we worshiping? And to what are we giving? God gave everything to us. His one and only Son coming to be present with us, to save us, to give us life abundantly now, and life eternal for all time. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.